fun for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. on the FM dial. Another keyword coming up in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. The 11 o'clock hour keyword. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News on the NFL. Momentarily, Matt Snyder, since someone asked, talking about the Richie boys uh, from last night's 60 Minutes. Great piece. Should be a movie. Should be a should be a movie. Top secret information finally became public in the 90s, I think. Mm -hmm. No one knows the story. It's fun. It's fascinating, Trent. Find it. I will. Even if you don't like, it's just what these guys, what they did is amazing. You watch 60 Minutes every week? No. <laughs> that's just, that's, it was good. Yeah. I was, um. I figured at this point in my life I would. Yeah. Because my dad did. Mm-hmm. My grandpa did. Mm-hmm. I don't. I saw a promo and I saw that this was on. Okay. And that's why I wanted to make, because I like a Band of Brothers. Uh-huh. Saving Private Ride, those type of stories, and this I thought might be one of those. Oh, God, it was good. Uh, let's get Matt Snyder in here. CBSSports.com. He covers Major League Baseball. One of my favorite segments of the week is we recap the previous week and take a look ahead. Matt, good to speak with you, Trent and Ken. How was your week? That was very good. You know, it's uh, except I tell you, trying to rank the teams every week it's tough, is isn't a bit it? Ridiculous because. <laughs> How many teams, there's a 16 or 17 or 18 in either the win or loss night, or both. Uh, I looked, and I, I counted at one point last night, and I believe I got to like 19 teams who were within three games of 500, either above or below. Wow. So, yeah. uh, do you remember when the Royals were good? Yeah, it wasn't too long ago, was it? <laughs> See, that's one of the things. It keeps happening where teams are getting really hot, and then teams are, I mean, like the Indians and White Sox are both scorching hot right now. Nope. The, the Cardinals are riding high. The Brewers... I had them one last week, and then they lost six in a row. Right. So thanks for that, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we were all over this Brewers. So what do we? But let's uh, stay with the Royals. What do we make? Was the was it Fool's Gold with the month of April, or is this? Um, I mean, what what are we seeing here? What what are the real Royals? The Royals we've seen in the month of May, or the Royals we saw in the month of April, or somewhere in between? Uh, I mean, I, I think that if we sequenced it differently, and they were sixteen and seventeen. All day, I think I would have said, yeah, I, that's probably about where I thought they would be. I, I thought they would be uh, mediocre to a little bit under 500, uh, probably fourth in the division, maybe having a shot at third in the division, pushing the contenders, not a terrible team. And, hey, look where we are, 16 and 17. It's just that when it's 16 and 9 and then you lose eight in a row, I can see why the wind would come at your sails. But here's the thing. It's, the, you know, the loss of the Twins, who they've got their whole thing going on. But then it was four against the Indians, three against the White Sox, who are both really, really hot right now. Stuff like that's going to happen on occasion. So probably some evening out, probably just, you know, this is where we thought they were going to be. They just took a roundabout route to get there. So the White Sox are at the top. Cleveland, I don't think they have enough offense to keep up with uh, the White Sox overall. Is this going to be agree. a coast? Is this going to be the White Sox when we get to – First, second week in September, eh, they got it basically locked up, and they'll just be able to roll, set their rotation, and go from there. That's the thing. Like, I agree the Indians don't have enough to keep up. I don't think that the Royals can push the White Sox. It just doesn't seem like the White Sox should be that good to run away with it. But yeah. 
the Twins are seven games out right now. Mm-hmm. And even if they got that right, I mean, that's a mountain that we've seen teams climb before. Mm-hmm. We've seen them climb it before in uh, a month and a half when they get really hot. I thought about that that Blue Jays team back in the, the mid-teens there where they won like 23 of 30. I suppose something like that could happen with the Twins. And remember the 16 and 26 Dodgers in 2018 ended up winning the, the pennant. The 19 and 31 Nationals ended up winning the uh, World Series. Ended up winning the World Series in 2019. So you don't want to write them off. It's just seven feels really steep right now with how good the White Sox look and how bad the Twins look. You know, I want to bounce around a little bit. I want to go back to uh, what we watched last night, Sunday night baseball. Th- this Anoa cat intrigues me because yeah. not only can he pitch, he's a threat in the batter's box. I mean, he's one of those, I think, very short list uh, of uh, of National League pitchers who don't completely look like a fish out of water when their turn comes up in the um, uh, yeah. to bat. He's terrific. Uh, they've got something there in this kid, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you, he already has two bombs, including a grand slam. No, it's nuts. Uh, the 400 hitter. It's, the thing is, it's only 16 or 15 at bats, five strikeouts out of the 15 at bats, zero walks. So you can see in there maybe a little bit of some flukiness, some small samples. But like you said, there's a look to him. Like if he's not Shohei Otani, maybe he could be like a Carlos Zambrano type or a Madison Bumgarner type where you can't just write him off in the box. He's going to get his hacks in. And that can be a weapon for a team. Unfortunately, for the Braves, I think it might only be a weapon just this year, and then it'll go away next year. But that's a different right. topic for a different yeah. day. It's, he's been a godsend for their rotation because yeah. Morton hasn't been very good. Smiley's been terrible. Freed's been gotten knocked around pretty well. The rotation looked like it might be a mess. You throw him in there, and all of a sudden, I mean, he, he's pitching like their ace right now. Mm-hmm. You look, at Ian Anderson's thrown pretty well overall. But we don't know how many innings he's going to go. I mean, same with Noah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they can patch it together. But from the standpoint of being able to throw him in that rotation when almost everybody else is underperforming and have him pitch like this, that has them where they are right now at 17 and 17. So let me pick up on something you just said in a roundabout way. It seems like, and I think that that's where we're headed, right? You're talking about a universal DH coming to the yeah. game this year. Is is that where the momentum is? Is is the momentum behind that? Do you think that this uh, this will be the final year of pitchers batting in the National League? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean there's a reason we're so excited about him. He's a total outlier. Uh, this is the worst pitchers I've ever hit, and it's not surprising. I mean, they already were trending worse and worse and worse every year because the pitching gets better, and that's not really their job to hit. Their job is to pitch. And uh, then they had a whole year off where they didn't even hit at all. So, of course, they're going to be rusty. So, in addition to being not very good, they're rusty. So, that's a formula for trending in the direction it's trending. Um, I think they're probably going to expand rosters at 27 to say that they're, they're just getting extra jobs in the game. That's going to be the part that the players like. Most fans, I think, at this point – like it. I know there's still that select few National League fans that say that's how baseball was meant to be played, but I think most people realize it's so hard to hit as it is. It's not fun to see most of the pitchers stand in the batter's box and flail away for three pitches. And even to get the bunts down, it's really, really hard to get bunts down these days with the stuff they're facing. So let's jump off from there. And you talk about the game and the offense and how much it's struggling. The three true outcomes turns to two true outcomes. Yeah. It's either a home run or a strikeout. There's not a whole lot of guys, and it's baseball changed over 100 years ago. I heard this over the weekend, and it changed because it was becoming a two-man game. It was the pitcher and the catcher. That was it. 
and they changed the rules. And they, in fact, went to the 60 feet, six inches that we know about. There's been tinkering. There's talk about what they're doing in the Atlantic League as they're going to move the mound back a foot. So many things that can be done. Matt Snyder, what would you do? You are commissioner for a day. You want to get offense back in the game. What are you doing? Well, we've already talked about the shift, and I'm not as fanatical about the shift itself as I am uh, not having four infielders. I hate when I see infielders standing in the middle of the outfield Mm -hmm. because it feels to me like we need more singles, doubles, and triples in the game, and we have five outfielders standing out there. That takes away a lot of the places where a guy could strike a line drive and have it get down. So, first of all, I need four infielders. If you want to say one foot, only one foot is allowed in the outfield grass from four infielders. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. Let's do that. I don't even care about the shift if we're going to do that. Secondly, yes, the pitching. I, I find it amazing how much pushback there is against this. Yeah. Because in every other walk of life, we adapt as we evolve. And players nowadays are bigger and stronger and faster than they've ever been before. The pitchers throw way harder than they've ever thrown. The breaking stuff's ridiculous. Why are we so resistant to saying... We just deaden the balls a little bit, so home runs are down. We need more action. Uh, of course we need to move the mound back and down. Lower it and move it back. You don't even have to move it back that far, and I think it's nonsense when you say, oh, this is going to lead to more pitcher injuries. Come on, they're throwing 98 miles per hour. The ball can travel another foot. Give me a break with that. Uh, I hope as a baseball fan we get a break with Jacob deGrom. Uh, Trent uh, uh, clued us in that maybe it wasn't as bad as the MRI the results could have been. They came back, and for Mets fans, for baseball fans, they want to see, I think he's the best. I know there's a lot of Max Scherzer love out there, understandably so. Um, it's kind of, well, if you if you you take DeGrom, I'll take Scherzer, and I'm absolutely fine with it. I think they're 1-1A. One one but but what what is the concern with, with DeGrom going forward? Because... Unfortunately, we've, we've, we're starting to see these events pile up in the last couple of weeks with him where there's a little bit of a scare. Uh, and now we're seeing it again. He, he left the game only, only for his, um, you know, his resume only when he only strikes out six. That's alarming <laughs> when yeah, you consider he's had double digits and back to back to backers. So where are we with the Grom and, and how big of, uh, how much should the Mets be concerned? Uh, I mean, as a general fan, I'm concerned. So, yeah, right. I think the Mets should be concerned. I mean, they're in first place right now, but it's, it's all on the strength of pitching. They need to get that offense going. And to take the, the best pitcher in the world out of that equation is a big deal. It, it would be, when they came out and they said it's not as bad as we thought, I would have breathed a bigger sigh of relief if this wasn't the second time in the last week that they had a scare with him. So, yeah, I start to get worried. Um, like you said, the only six strikeouts was kind of concerning. Um, it's I, you, you kind of feel like he's in the middle of a, if you don't want to say Sandy Koufax-like run, mm-hmm. maybe a Greg Maddox run, maybe a Pedro Martinez run, maybe Clayton Kershaw run. You hate to see that kind of halted in the middle for injury. So hopefully it really is mild and we get like a, a vintage DeGrom start next time out and we can kind of get back on that train because it's been an absolute joy to watch him become what he's been the last three-plus years. Big weekend, a week shaping up in the National League Central. It'll be Cardinals, Brewers this week. Looking forward to that three-gamer. Your Cubs, they take 2 a 3 over the weekend. We saw what they did to the Dodgers. They sit at 500. I still don't see the likelihood of this team hmm. still contending by the time we're in August and September. But where are you overall with this Cubs team? At the very least, hey, they're going to get you to Memorial Day at least with something to keep your eye yeah. on. And they get Bieber Tuesday well, they, or Wednesday, I think. Anybody. Yeah, they didn't play anybody last right. week. Right. I mean, the Dodgers are terrible. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, well, they're, they're in a bad way right now. That was an exciting series. He I must. mean, they looked really good against the Dodgers. They had those two comebacks late. 
they seem to have a life back to them. Even in that red series where they lost two out of three, they were down big. They almost came back in the first game. They won the second game. That's when they almost had the fight. The third game was a 12-3 slugfest that went to 10 innings that could have gone either way. You kind of felt like it looked like they were getting their mojo back after that five-game losing streak. So now this group's mojo is probably playing like 500 to slightly above 500 ball, not winning 95 games. But if the Cardinals don't stay this hot, then it's a possibility that that would be enough to hang around in the race. And uh, we don't know what they'll do at the trade deadline. They are banged up right now, though. I mean, it looks like they lost Jake Marisnik yesterday to a hamstring injury. That'll take a while. Right. Ian Happ and Nico Horner are out. It looked like Nico Horner was going to solve the problem at second base. Mm-hmm. Javi hasn't started the last couple games. So we'll see. They need to get right. Uh, the rotation needs to figure out what's going on with Hendricks. I know he threw well against the Dodgers, but he looked terrible again against the Pirates yesterday. They need Arietta back and to figure out what's going on with him. Davies, maybe he got it figured out on Friday against the Pirates, but it's the Pirates. So they need to get some things figured out, but I still think they have the pieces there to at least hang around in contention for a little bit. You know, I want to go back uh, to where Trent and I actually started the show with because I was cringing when I heard Beth Moans is going to do the game on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Matt, I thought she was tremendous. I really did. I would listen to her and JD do 162 games uh, if that was the team that was put in front of us going forward. I just, for whatever reason, I, I'm slow to come around to Boog and JD. Beth Moens, who, again, I'm not a fan of her doing football, it was a terrific listen. Uh, the chemistry between the two of them was apparent from the first inning on. I'm looking forward to their next assignment together, which I guess is late June. Yeah, I agree, and I, I hope that she ends up getting a full-time gig at some point. I do, too. I think it's great for the game. I think it's very good for the game. Um, one thing I would say on Boog and J.D. is I was actually talking to my dad and brother about this the other day. When Len and J.D. first got together, I don't think they were great yet either. Mm-hmm. And then Len and J.D. guided kind of Cubs fans through the golden era of Cubs baseball. Right. So we probably have a lingering fondness for what they grew into That's and the, the time period in which they called the game. So maybe things will kind of get better along those lines. You can hope. And yeah, that's a fair point, too. Yeah. And I yeah. remember those conversations. Mm-hmm. I remember I, yeah, I didn't yeah. like them very much together initially, mm-hmm. and they do. They grow on yeah. you, and that I think that happens with a lot of broadcasters. I got one final thing in our first opportunity to talk to you since Albert Pujols, the mm-hmm. cut by the Angels. How you remember Pujols and just your takeaway from that one, and ultimately, does he find another gig? He's got to. I've got to believe somebody's going to grab him. Uh, just for, especially since you can sell tickets now, even mm-hmm. if it's a team. Like I saw somebody suggest the Rockies, who are going to be bad anyway, just throw them at first base every game the rest of the year and see how many bombs he can hit. <laughs> I mean, even if it's something like that, I don't know if he would want to be a sideshow, but if he's competitive and he wants to keep playing, I'm sure he would take it. Um, in terms of what I remember, I, I'm old enough to appreciate what he was with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and I hope that a lot of the younger fans realize uh just how much of a destructor of worlds he was when he was on the Cardinals. He I always said when he was playing for the Cardinals, I'm going to grow up and uh, grow old and tell my grandkids this is the best right-handed hitter I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Now, he's got competition, obviously. And and Mike Trout and gosh, with some of these youngsters, maybe he'll have even more competition with somebody like Acuña or Soto. But he was unbelievable in his Cardinals years and you could even make the argument he should have won more MVPs. Uh, one of the best players I ever saw, and it wasn't just that. For a first baseman, incredible defender, 
he actually wasn't even that bad of a defender at third when he was mm-hmm. when he was playing third. He was an outstanding base runner. wasn't even that fast, but he would steal bases in double digits. He, he could take first to third as well as anybody. Just an all around incredible baseball player. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I have distance from it as a Cubs fan. That I got you know you get so sick of seeing him beat up on your team all the time. But I have plenty of distance from that now to appreciate what greatness I got to see for 10-plus years. No no question about it. Those Cardinal years were special. Last thing, were you surprised, Matt Snyder, that um, uh, the blowback that the Angels got for the way that they had? I, I, I can't see them. You couldn't do it any other way unless you kept them, unless he was willing to, you know, to, to ride the pine till the All-Star break or something and you give him a you know, ceremonial spot on the, on the American League roster and you let him go out that way. I don't know what the, you know, the Hollywood ending would, would have been for him. I don't fault the Angels, yet a lot of people do. I, I don't for making a business decision. This, this is not the front office that signed him. It was such a long contract. It's not like it was a, a two-year deal and you knew what you were going to get. Um, they're trying to win games, and they weren't. They were in the middle of a losing streak. The front office is saying, hey, we're, we're here to win games, not, not for the novelty. I understand it. I understand there's going to be blowback from guys like David Ortiz and Adrian Beltre to get his mm-hmm. back because they wanted them to have the, you know, like a Jeter, Ortiz, even Beltre type kind of, uh, you know, final year farewell tour like all those guys got. But Albert's just not productive like mm-hmm. those guys were. I mean, Ortiz was one of the best hitters in the league his last year. So it's, I, I, from a baseball standpoint, it made all the sense in the world. I understand, like I said, some of those Hall of Famers giving blowback because he's a fellow Hall of Famer, but I, I just don't see any other way if you're the Angels and you're trying to win games. And we go 17 minutes, and we don't even bring up two no-hitters <laughs> since the last time we talked. <laughs> are, are we trending towards, though, this is just baseball now and we're going to see this this much until something changes? It's worrisome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just what I talked about with how much better pitchers are than hitters these days. Um, so I, I fear... See, and fear is probably bad because no hitters are still awesome. They're still really fun. Yeah. You see how happy the pitchers and the teammates are. You don't want to take that away from him. I just don't want it to become a thing where it's way too common and people start to roll their eyes. And right now the league's hitting 234. So oh, that yep. tells you if a pitcher has his good stuff, it's going to be awfully tough to get a hit. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, covers Major League Baseball. That's where you can read him. We encourage you to do so. You can hear him Mondays with us at 11.05. Matt, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Thank you again. All right, guys. Have a good one. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, as we talk a little MLD. 2.32. That's brutal. Yuck. Brutal. Time I saw the, the uh, oh, Team ahead. OPS 7.06 for an average player. I mean, that's that was... 15 years ago, a middle-of-the-road third baseman. And now that's the major league average. It just... Will we be... I mean, that number's going to go up with the weather, you would think, right? It will, but not significantly. Jeez. They've also... I saw... I think the... Yeah, it was the... um, Yeah, the Athletic had a article talking about that. This compared to April's and early May's. Right. And it's bad. It's 232 understand batting average is an old stat, but still, uh-huh. I look at it, and that's gross. That's bad. Indeed it is. What was the thing that came out last week? Um, more In April, there was 1,092 more strikeouts than hits. That's the most ever. April, 1,092 more strikeouts than there were hits. By a long shot, the most ever in the month of April. Good news is we still got home runs. We got home run right now. Let me hear it. 
KXNO.com is the place to go. Here's our home run call. And as good as advertised. Arenado out to deep left field. His first home run against his former team. Launched it into the bullpen. You know he's loving it. First home run, but he swung it well this weekend, He certainly did. You know what else you notice about that home run call? You can tell right off the bat that the Cardinals were home because there was no delay on Dan McLaughlin. That's a home run. Right. If you're watching it on a TV screen and your team's on the road, you kind of... You're not as quick to go out there and, and to call that one a home run. That was a no doubt about it. Yes, Trent, he had a very good weekend against a god-awful baseball team. Mm-hmm. Who's paying most of his salary to be a Cardinal? Which is just Good business, huh? Nuts. Uh, time for that $1,000 home run. You just hit it or heard it. Let's see if you can hit one by going to kxno.com. Enter the keyword work. Your chance at $1,000 work at kxno.com. Vinny Iyer on the NFL. It's schedule release week. It's Miller and Condon for another half hour on 1460 KXNO and or Facebook. Some roofing companies come and go like a passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowa since 1993, from basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects. Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. For a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing a call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at wolfroofing.net. This is Heather, and I'm raising money to fight blood cancers with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Woman of the Year campaign. But this isn't about me. It's about funding research to end this deadly disease. I couldn't do it without your donations. And thank you to the many businesses stepping up, like Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, always looking to give back, and their team member, Melissa, is my team captain. To donate, go to the Morning Rush blog at kxno.com or Heather's blog at thebusfm.com. We will fight blood cancer together network to learn more. Are you overdue for your dental appointment? Now is the perfect time to get your dream smile. And Fuller Family Dentistry accepts most insurance plans. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry offers a relaxed family atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family owned and operated business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Family Dentistry is located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines in Altoona on 8th Street. Come see what the buzz is all about and check them out on Instagram today. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Still time, keyword for the 11 o'clock hour at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 is work, work at KXNO.com. Vinny Iyer has been doing a lot of that at the Sporting News, SportingNews.com. It is schedule week. It should be a fun week in the NFL as we wait for that schedule. Vinny, uh, Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, thank you for coming on. Uh, so... When you see the schedule, what's the where do your eyeballs go first, Vinny? What do you look for first of all? Yeah, I just look at some of the matchups that I may not have thought about. I mean, I look at the schedule and the opponents, and we know what the games are going to be. We're just looking for the dates and times. But 
intriguing games where we know that there's the crossovers that are happening in the different divisions. You know that uh, you're going to see the AFC West, for example, take the NFC North on, which was not a part of what we're used to. You get a, an extra game there, so you get to play another team that finished in your place. So you pretty much play all the teams that finished in your place except for one here now on your schedule. So a lot of uh, interesting stuff there when you look at that, uh, I guess, too, with the other conference last place teams or whatever not playing you. But So you're getting a little bit better sample size of all these teams when you just add one more game mm-hmm. there to the plate. And uh, it's it's hard to remember. I mean, it's hard to say so-and-so finish 8-8, eight and, eight, and you know nobody can finish 8-8 eight eight <laughs> anymore. I guess they could finish 8-8 eight eight and 1, so that's still available. But there's going to be no sub-500 or uh, below or above 500 escapes. I mean, you're going to have to do one thing or the other. And we know those uh, things can cost jobs. When you look at the, maybe if you were eight and eight, it looks slightly better than eight and nine, and maybe nine and eight looks really bad compared to ten and six. So all kinds of uh, things that you have to factor in with the new schedule. So as we wait for the schedule release, of course there'll be leaks, and some of them will be true. And Ken, most will go, of them will be false, right? And Ken <laughs> will, well, he'll be in Vegas, so hopefully he won't be following Twitter quite as closely as he normally does. But I want to go this avenue with something we talked about earlier. Packers, Broncos. You can be scheduled up to five times for prime time. Do the Packers get to five? Do the Broncos get to five? As we don't know ultimately what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to lean towards where he plays, I still think it's Green Bay. I mean, haven't heard one substantial. I don't feel any reason to think he's not going to be there. I mean, I get it; the rumors are all out there, but it's so deep into the off season now. Like, why? I mean, he had to know that he wasn't happy with the situation going into the draft because they had some picks there and they helped improve the situation a little bit, but I don't know what they're trying to do here. And I just think it's really hard to incorporate him into an offense really late, even though he's Aaron Rodgers and he's a special receiver that, look, he's still a human. <laughs> he has to absorb a playbook. And we know he's had other things going on this off season. So I don't know if I would feel comfortable trading him for him right now, and I get it that you're Denver and you're desperate at quarterback, but still, there's a lot of things you have to work out there. You don't want to bring him in and rush him in and have a damaged quarterback, and I'm not sure if I'm Aaron Rodgers I want to play at a Pat Schirmer offense, but that's <laughs> a completely different situation here, but um, I think he's pretty much going to stay and see it through. I don't know if they're going to make changes that cater to him more in terms of upper management. I think Yes, they really botched the Jordan Love thing. And people, are, I think, are misconstruing this as like, oh, his feelings were hurt or whatever. But I think if we were in a similar situation and we were at our job and people said, uh, you did a really good job, you're the best at what you do in anyone, anywhere, but, uh, hey, we're going to go use the highest of our draft capital on a guy that could potentially replace you, you're not going to feel good about it. Right. It doesn't matter who you are what kind of money you're making in any kind of job. So I think people say that. I mean, they're not human if they're not a little bit sensitive to the fact, especially if you're not consulted. And everyone is saying he's trying to play GMs. Look, NBA players play GM all the time, the superstars, and they drive everything. And the superstars drive everything in the NFL. Superstars do drive things in the NFL as well. They're just the quarterbacks. And if you want to say that it's whatever, it's a certain – X amount of uh, players on a team that help you win, but look at the Tom Brady effect. I mean, you bring him over to a team, they roll out the red carpet for him, make all the right moves, 
And he's the guy that puts them over the top. If they were the same exact team with uh, another quarterback in there, the Bucks don't win the Super Bowl. So uh, I think players are realize, realizing that. They have a lot of power. Look at Patrick Mahomes and the power he has. Everything is about catering to Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City there and uh, just consulting and knowing what he needs to be successful. So if you do that and realize, look, we have to go all in on who our quarterback is and not think about as a replacement, but think about guys who can help him. That's how you're supposed to treat those type of players in the NFL. Vinny, just one more on this, because I'm a Broncos fan. I think I've told you this before, but you talked to a lot of people. No reason for you to remember that. But that, but regardless, so I've seen some of the the trade proposals. Now, I don't know if these are coming from Green Bay or whatever, but the King's ransom it's going to take for a 37-year-old quarterback, I get he's Aaron Rodgers, but the, the trade that I saw was Drew Locke. Okay, that makes sense. Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant, two first-round picks as well as a second-round pick. That's too much, even for a guy as good as Aaron Rodgers is. And I would love him to finish up as a Denver Bronco, but not at that price, Vinny. Well, you're also taking away the assets that would make right attractive to Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know why you'd want to go there. Oh, you're going there, but Cortland Sutton is the only receiver that you can really trust on this team anymore. So you're going to lose a lot here. So I don't know what the Drew Lock thing is. Like I don't know if the Packers would just settle for Drew Lock. Okay, throw him in there. We'll see if he can be the guy. But I, I don't think he does anything either way to move the trade. <laughs> Hopefully not at this point. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know what the future is going to be there. And Roger, the funny thing is. I think the difference is with Russell Wilson, and a lot of people have been making that comparison, is that Russell Wilson actually went public with his feelings mm-hmm. for this. But we've never heard about Aaron Rodgers, and the more you hear about Adam Schefter's report, it's more of a connecting the dots, right. like a composite report of things that have maybe come together. Maybe he's been unhappy about different things, but I don't know if you can jump to putting them all together that he's definitely going to be out of there. Well, I think there's a lot of players probably in this league playing unhappy with their teams that we don't know about. There's just not a lot as much reported on them. So Aaron Rodgers, again, I don't think he's ever going to be thrilled about this situation. I think the only way they can change that if they simply said, look, Jordan Love has to go and we trade him to some team. Maybe he's going to get traded to Denver and that solves the problem. So the Colts have been rebuilding for a while, it feels like, and maybe they're on the right path. They bring Eric Fisher in. He's going to protect the backside of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, is there any hope that this guy can revitalize things in Indianapolis, or is this a guy just going through a yet another turn and he's never going to be able to get it back? Well, I think Indianapolis can certainly help. I mean, he had his best years with Frank Reich there, so that's going to help. It's familiarity right away with the style of offense. I think you look at what the Colts are going to do. They're going to protect him. Eric Fisher is definitely downgraded from Anthony Costanzo at this point because you're trading basically one aging tackle, retired, who probably another one who should be probably thinking about retiring soon. I think he's just broken down a little bit as well over the years. So I look at, uh, yeah, that as being maybe as a lateral move at best for the Colts, but they're a very good running team. They're not going to stray away from the running game. They are going to make Jonathan Taylor a big part of what they do. And you saw the Eagles, they would just forget about Miles Sanders and not even run the ball to help Carson Wentz last year. So, it's going to be a balanced offense. You're going to see a lot of the same fixes that Baker Mayfield had last year with Kevin Stefanski, where you're going to take advantage of his athleticism, the bootleg play action, good offensive line, use the running game, set up more favorable throws, and use the tight ends when you need them. 
but also be calculated about your deep throws. And you have some pretty good receivers there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman form a really good connection there, working in the middle of the field. He's a bigger target. T.Y. Hilton's back to have some experience there. Receiver, they really like Paris Campbell is one of those speedsters who can make a lot of things happen in the open field. And you also have Zach Pascal, is kind of a guy that can get reliably open all over the field, uh, kind of like Nelson Aguilar was at one point for Carson Wentz in his best season there in Philadelphia. So they do have some weapons. They use the tight ends well. They use the running game well. Reich knows Wentz, his strengths, his weaknesses, and I think they'll play to that. So keep in mind the Colts. There might not be that spectacular, dazzling team, but they're just a solid team where you look at, they know what they're doing defensively, know they know what they're doing offensively, and that's why they sneak up on you and win a lot of games. Uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny, uh, Cleveland had the draft this year. They did a good job with it. The weather didn't cooperate. Uh, we, we've seen it move around. Some of them have been better than others. Chicago had it for back-to-back years. Yeah, that, was that the first time that it got away from, uh, what do they call it in New York, uh, Radio City Music Hall? Uh, regardless, Vegas gets it next year, Vinny. Uh, I kind of feel bad for the cities that are going to come after Vegas. I mean, they're taking the Bellagio Fountain for crying out loud, and they're making it the set for the NFL draft. It continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But doesn't it feel like, man, oh, man, this, is, uh, this will set the bar awful high in 2022? Yeah, I don't know how, how fans like react to, oh, look, they did it at this great venue. I don't know if they care about that that much. I think the casual fans, I think that's what you're seeing here, is that you're drawing in a casual fan. Like, you can put it on ABC as a kind of a human interest telecast, reality show, kind of crossover from sports, and you still have some interest there. So there's more and more of that, but you can't manufacture drama. I mean, this year there's just having to be some great drama with the quarterbacks, and next year right. there might be some of that developed at some point, but... You don't know, and one draft uh, is very different from the next one in terms of the marquee value. So Vegas, I think the spectacle, spectacle of all is pretty good. I think arguably the NFL draft as a whole is kind of overtaking the Super Bowl just because it involves all 32 teams versus mm-hmm. just two, and you have more people interested to see what their teams are going to do overall in, in that uh, kind of affair, and you also have it over a couple nights there, Thursday and Friday, that really are big before you get into the day three so i do like the nfl draft it's a fun experience but i've been working several of them and they're still just draft picks to me in the end (laughs) picking players and you can put a lot of shine on it but whether it's a zoom thing from last year or the cleveland thing or the las vegas thing i'm just going to look at it what teams did well to get their players in there and uh, you can read Vinny's grade. If you're a Dolphins fan, you'll be definitely wanting to be click on that. A Raiders fan, not so much. Vinny, great stuff. Uh, thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thanks, Vinny Iyer. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Well, Barry Alvarez's retirement apparently not lasting very long. Sports Business Journal reporting that Barry Alvarez, who will step down from Wisconsin on the 30th of June, uh, he's going to take a job within the Big Ten League offices. Oh, look at that, huh? <laughs> you nice know what? That's a pretty, good, it's a pretty good hire for him, though, right? Because he's always kind of been yeah. working for the Big Ten League offices, mm-hmm. right? Well, he's certainly the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. He would say the things that Jim Delaney would not. Well put. That's a or Jim Delaney would ask Alvarez to say it. Right, they'd have that conversation. And if you want to go and talk about it, you're free. Feel free yeah, to do so. Yeah. I can't say that, but uh, so anyways, that's a. But he's been great for the Big Ten, Alvarez. He really yes. has. Um, so when we're speaking of Vinny Iyer, did you follow Frank Schwab on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Did you see what happened to Frank Schwab? 
No. Frank Schwab, our buddy from Yahoo Sports, who's one of, along with Vinny, our go-to guys, caught COVID after his first shot. Oh, no. And was hospitalized for five days. Jeez. And, I mean, this is pretty, he's in shape, Frank mm-hmm. Schwab. Young, relatively young guy. Um, but, yeah, he couldn't even complete a sentence, he said. It was, he had that pneumonia. So, boy, this disease, man. Mm-hmm. Even if you get your first shot. And Frank said, said he did, but he was hospitalized five days, and he's still uh, coming out of that COVID cloud. Um, we wish him the best. No doubt. he's a really good uh, contributor to our program, as well as yahoosports.com, as well as a lot of sports talk shows throughout the country. We'll take our final time out of the hour. Come back, finish things up. Murph and Andy in an hour and 15 minutes. The Fanatics at 3, Miller and Condon are on 1460, KXNO and 107. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at Renter's Warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's Warehouse guy, he lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renter's Warehouse guy lets Renter's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renter's Warehouse guy, he sleeps. Sleep soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-4429. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at graphitegrp.com. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Look the extra bread in your wallet. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. This has to be, what do they call him, a spoof? Yeah. Bob Baffert's claiming cancel culture for his horse testing positive within a legal system, a legal drug in its system on uh, Derby Day, and he says it's cancel culture? Well, you know, there's had, a lot of terms. He's had 30 bad tests in his career. No, you're a cheater, Bob. And, and you, you, unfortunately, you've got away with it way too long, and you're a media darling in the sport, um, and, you, and you win all the, big, the biggest... The biggest races. If you, have, if you missed this earlier, folks, what what Bob Baffert blamed today is a groom, and the grooms are the people that, that clean the stalls, that walk the horses, 
um, to do all the stuff that, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, right? Bob Baffert came out today and claimed that a groom urinated in a stall and he, he the, the groom, the peer, <laughs> was taking a cough medicine and that, he peed on the horse's hay and the horse ate the hay and that's how this horse tested positive for the illegal drug in its system, which is complete BS. A lot of hoops to jump through to get to that one. But that's where Bob Baffert claimed. And then he went on television today and blamed cancel culture for him cheating and, and the horse testing positive in the world's most famous horse race. So, <laughs> come on. And didn't I see that he said he's uh, he's planning on heading to leg two of the Triple so Crown? To Preakness this weekend? Yeah. Well, they were supposed to draw for post positions today. They postponed it until tomorrow. I mean, the race is kind of a... It's, it's the... Of of the three, there's the Derby, and then if there's a Triple Crown, the mm-hmm. Belmont is obviously means a lot. The Preakness is kind of the uh, uh, if you had to miss one, that would be the one. But if the Derby winner doesn't show up, NBC's mm-hmm. going to go there and devote all those resources, and nobody's going to care. So who finished second? I don't even remember. So is that horse racing this weekend? I don't know that. I don't think so. That was not the plan. But if well, all they of a sudden... Have, no, I don't think so, because they probably just turned him out in the pasture after the okay. derby. Hasn't been training. He was, yeah, he wasn't been pointing to the Preakness. Interesting. Oh, Bob Baffert, you lying. <laughs> You're lying, Bob Baffert, and you got caught. Anyways, uh, so... What have you got planned for the week? I know Emery Songer is going to be, because you're gone on Friday. Yep. Emery's going to sit in for you and I. I'm not sure who he's going to co-host with on Friday. Are you going to be solo? Are you going to? Yeah, going to probably talk to a few people, have a couple people stop in, say Good. hello, some old friends that haven't talked to in a while, and yeah, just being about They don't like me, and now it's your, it's your green light no. to have me in. <laughs> exactly. You, you nailed it there. Uh-huh. Everybody likes you, Ken. Come on. You know better than that. Uh, just uh, some different conversations, different areas. You know, maybe some things that you don't like to go real in depth on. Okay. Maybe Cody will come in. We'll talk some high school sports, a little wrestling good. on top of it. He's really good at that. That uh, We'll do a lot of different things, though, and, you know, just uh, different conversations here. But still, ultimately, what we do. You and I, we talk sports. Mm-hmm. That's what we like to do our two hours we every day. We don't have a lot of depth when it comes <laughs> no. to and more. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, so, Vegas, you're going to Circa. I'm going to get to circle maybe, well, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Thursday, I'm going to sit in a book and I'm going to play horses, and I can't wait. All day. All day. All day. So all all the horses, all the tracks uh-huh. that are out there, and you're just going to yep. be firing and watching them. Yep. Getting your free drink ticket that comes along with it. Yeah, that's why you get free drink uh-huh. tickets, because you're not betting People against the House. People don't realize that, yeah. You're, I mean, when, when you bet a race... The, the the tracks take 20% of your dollar right off the bat and put it in their pocket. And the rest goes in that pool that we're talking about. You're not betting against the house like you are in sports. That's why it pays to bet horses when you're in Vegas because the drink tickets keep adding up, baby. Do you uh, do anything silly? Do you do any greyhounds, any no, harness racing? Yeah, I'll bet the harness. All right. Yeah, I'll bet the my, my son loves it. Yeah. I don't know how he got that. Well, that's a pretty good idea. Bloodlines blood probably make a little sense there, right? Yeah. Uh, so hockey tonight, going to get to Circa, uh, going to get to um, the Superbook. I haven't been there in a long time. Oh, I want to yeah. show him that. Um, and then I'm going to L.A. on Friday for the weekend, do a little business at mm-hmm. Santa Anita. Uh, since I'm out on the West Coast, not have to make a special trip and come back and do this a week from today with you. That'll be great. You have fun in Phoenix at your bachelor party? Yes, you have fun in Vegas. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm anxious to see how many people are there, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, is it busy? Um, 
If you're stuck, text me. I'll come in and do a hit with you. All right. Miller and Condon, that will do it for today. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at 3. Morning Rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.